There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Hello everyone and welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing episode 10 of season 3 of The Magicians. This was great. Oh, what an... I mean, they just keep popping awesome episodes out. I don't know how they're doing it, but keep it up. Right? All right. But, hey, you got ratings news. Yes, I do. Episode 10 brought in a 0.28 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.702 million viewers making it the 26th overall cable show for the day, which was up awesome. from last week's number. And we actually have some live plus seven-day numbers. Yay, it's back. It's back. Episode eight was 19th in viewers percentage gain, going from 0.545 to 1.106 million viewers for an increase of 103%. So we've gained almost 200,000 viewers in Live Plus same day and since all that Josh till now. Nice. Yes. Nice. That means a whole lot more people are finally on board. Now, unfortunately, I know we have some sports happening again. Yes. And a lot of people are pretty invested. So hopefully these Live Plus 7 are going to be what really shows who's watching and listening. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have 1.1. 1. 1. Zero six million people listening. Hey, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, everyone. <laughs> yeah, anyway. All right, let's jump into episode 10, shall we? The Art of the Deal. Quentin and Alice search the castle for an important object while Julia and Fenn work with an enemy. Oh, sci-fi. <laughs> You're killing me with these descriptions. Yes. Although it was, it was cool that we did get Julia and Fenn. Yes. Working a lot together. Because I was starting to worry that Fen was going to really just be like, I don't care. Right. I'm done with everything with the bird kind of thing. Yeah. And Fen grew up quite a bit in this episode. Yeah, she did. And I, I think that that's the biggest surprise so far that I've seen for the season. I mean, there's a lot of surprises happening, but the fact that Fen can change so quickly, she's so fluid. Right. Because she was. Just, what, five episodes ago, she was holding a, a log? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically, she was on the verge of, like, a total meltdown. Right. And the fact and that she's able to come back, it's, like, super surprising. Yes. So, apparently, the Florians are made of, you know, sterner stuff than we thought. Yeah, apparently so. All right. So, where shall we go first this episode? Well, let's start on Team underworld oh my gosh this was a whole thing where i had a lot of people still on twitter are just scratching their heads like this seems weird so we have penny of course shackled to a cart 
shelving books, and he's got an attitude because he's like, I don't care. I'm just putting this wherever I feel like it goes. Right. He's just tossing them on the shelves. <laughs> he's not filing them. And no, they're just going up. Right. And I love it because was it Howard that comes up to him right away? He's like, oh, right. there's a system. And Penny's like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but somehow, Howard, I don't know. I don't understand this, how he thinks he has a connection with Penny. But he's like, hey, why don't you join my book club? I need a, need a book club. I need somebody else. And Penny's like, no. Yeah, it, it's interesting that they kind of, he kind of mentions that everybody's read your story and are big fans. Right. I don't understand that. It's like, right. so I can just go read anybody's story while I'm here? Is that what it is? Uh, apparently so. Or do they have privileges? <laughs> no, that's very possible. Yeah, Penny is just like, yeah, I don't think so, because I'm shackled to a cart. Basically, yes. <laughs> get bent, is what he was saying. <laughs> oh, but poor Penny, because he seems to have a shadow. Yeah, he runs into Sylvia, yeah. and of course... None too you happy. Know, he's, his day's just going from bad to worse. Right. Because <laughs> he is just irritated. Do you blame him? To, no, to no end, because she turned him in. And it didn't exactly help her, like I thought, when she explains this, too. Right. Because, you know, she she tells him, well, you know what? When magic went away, shit went bad for my family, basically. They all made it down here, but not the way they wanted, of course. But then she said they've also moved on without her. Because at first he's thinking, well, if your family's here, why are you so pissy? Right. Why'd you do that to me for? Right. Well, they moved on. It's like, what? So that's kind of crappy, and especially when she says, I think it was her dad, never had patience, and wasn't going to wait for her. Right. That made me feel a little bad for her, but not that much. Right. And then you find, then she goes on and tells Penny about, well, they had put a bounty on him, and by turning him in, it shaved a million years off her contract with the library. Right. So it's like, okay, it's a million years, but you're still stuck for a hell of a lot longer. Yeah. <laughs> Which it's like, all right, that's still shitty. I don't know. But she keeps following him around. Right. Because then Penny happens to notice a door that says, secrets taken to the grave. Okay. That's not ominous now, is it? <laughs> right. I was honestly thinking that, like, Sylvia's dad was going to, like, walk out of there or something because if he's supposed to be this kind of gangster guy. Right. That all of his secrets were there. And then how many, how much are those secrets worth? Especially if you have travelers who can go back and forth. Right. We wonder. Yeah. And who's listening to these secrets? Yeah. Especially when you see somebody come out and just like crying uncontrollably and kind of like fall to the ground. It's like, okay, what's going yeah. on over there? Right. And of course, Penny turns to Sylvia. Like, what is this? Yeah, and of course, her snarky, oh, you're talking to me now? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know what, get bent then. So, yeah, she decides to tell him, all right, well, that's where a soul goes and sheds all their secret, all of their secrets that basically had him connected to their earthly lives before they move on to whatever, underworld, beyond, we don't really know. No. And then once they're unburdened, they get... Now, when she said a Metro card, I thought she meant, like, she's telling him just something that he'd be able to relate to. Right. But we actually see it's a literal Metro card. Yeah. 
and that there's a pig-like creature that transports you to... And this is where I was a little sketchy. Is it anywhere they desire, or it's wherever they're chosen to go? She said anywhere they desire. Okay, so what he was doing later was more kind of screwing with the guy. Right. Okay, see, that's where I was was, like, did I miss something, or did I misunderstand? No, Penny was definitely aiming towards getting the hello out of there. I gotcha. So, apparently, once you have the Metro card, it's like, hey, in your hands, it's yours. So you choose. Yep. And then, yeah, all of a sudden you see Penny like, huh, let me think. <laughs> see those wheels turning. It's like, all I got to get, yes. get is my hands on this and I can get back to Earth, right? Well, that's a good that's right. thought. But at this point, Penny, you still don't have a body. Yeah. <laughs> but he hangs around until Guy comes out and he's weeping profusely as well. And Penny walks up to him and starts slick-talking him to no end, mentioning that the man's Metro card will take him to hell, not the pleasant glow of heaven like he initially thought. And not even, like, just the hot, fiery hell. There's a whole different level. It's like, what? Why are you messing with this poor man? Because when he's like, oh, did you talk to... I don't remember the name, so I'm just throwing a name out there. Dolores, you with the walkie eyes. really hard to... It's like... What are you doing? I'm like, did he find something out? <laughs> no, he was just making it up as he went. That's what I wasn't sure when, when yeah. I was watching going, wait a second, did he finally open a book or something? <laughs> and like really screwed with the poor man. And I felt bad because oh, yes. that poor guy, because he even said something about, oh no, it was just like eyes. And he's like, oh, like Penny, dude, that's wrong. <laughs> But guy drops the card. He's like, I don't want this. And Penny's like, okay, I guess I'll take it. Good for me. Until. Yeah. And this is what's got everybody kind of up at arms. Okay. So you have this really well-dressed gentleman who comes up. He's like, "Uh, Penny, we need to talk. And we find out that this guy is the one, the only Hades, god of the underworld. Say what? Right. And I don't know about you, but it sounded like a con to me. Yeah. <laughs> because, first of all, we don't know who this guy is. He no. didn't exactly show, like, power. He's just like, oh, you know, keep it on low. We don't want anybody to know what I'm, you know, who I am. Right. Okay, you can be anybody. You can be <laughs> some crazy person that has a god complex, quite literally, at this point. Right. And he's just going on he's like oh yeah your story's great and it depends if you want to stay you can do so much here it's like or you can leave i won't stop you because you know i know you have that card but i'm kind of i'm iffy with this right because of course he says he read he's read penny's books and there's great things in store for you okay well we don't know that like i said you can be anybody right and we've heard this line before right we've heard jane chatwin tell Margot, that she's going to be a great queen one day. Right. Which timeline, though? Since exactly. she's seen a bunch. <laughs> and that's what I'm I'm wondering with this. It's like, all right, is Penny's book complete? Or is it just this Penny? Is it every Penny? Since we know there's a bunch of timelines. And that's where things start getting weird, and I'm not quite sure. Right. Yeah, because we saw not Alice writing. Right. The stories, 
as they basically are happening. So how could Penny's story be complete yet? Right. And then Hades is like, oh, don't worry. Magic will return eventually. It's how we keep people in check. But he's also saying it could be like a millennia. Well, everybody will be dead that needs my help. Right. And at this point, I'm like, all right, I see Penny like thinking about it, but I don't understand why he's thinking about it. Right. Because then he actually like leaves the man we will call Hades for now. And he gives Sylvia the Metro card. And he's like, go be with your family. Okay, was this just another selfish act or selfless act to help somebody? Or is he buying into it? And that's where I was not sure because Penny even says something about being shackled to the cart. And he's like, oh, we'll join the book club. Why? What difference does the book club make? Yeah. And so somehow Penny decides to do this. He goes into the, the break room or wherever they are having the book club meeting and he gets unchained. It's like, okay, so you're unshackled for now. And then everybody in there is super excited about Penny because they all read his book and they they offer him a cupcake. And I'm thinking it's something very much along the lines of the story with, I think it's Persephone, where the hero comes down to save her, but don't eat or drink. I could be wrong with the which person I'm thinking. Right. And now he's eaten something there. So does this mean he's stuck there forever? (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, like I'm thinking, and I, I know I totally had that wrong. It's not Persephone. So if you guys know which myth I'm talking about, where the hero goes to the underworld to save, I think it was his wife. But if he ate or drank anything, he'd be stuck there. Right. And, you know, shoot us an email. That's what I was trying to say. It's sci-fi talk at <laughs> fangirlzone.com. Duh. But he eats the cupcake. And then, did you notice, like, he looked really serene after? That's why I'm like, did he, is he drugged? Did he, suddenly he's trapped there? I don't know. Right, yes. I definitely think that there was something in that cupcake. Okay. And this may be the way the library basically keeps everybody in line. Oh, kind of like get them to do something and where you get a little bit of, like Haiti says, you get a little bit of the carrot, but you might get a whole lot more of the whip. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it just, it didn't seem right to me. Right. And yeah, so yeah, this has me worried as well. Okay. Very worried about Penny. Great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's kind of where we left it with Penny this episode. So why don't you take us over to Team Fillory? All right. We see Quentin, Alice, and Josh are aboard the Munjack, which is still sailing the blue skies. That's interesting that it hasn't like landed anywhere. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but. That has actually been brought up, too, on Twitter, saying, well, it had to go over the falls to take off. Maybe it can't just take off anywhere. Right. Oh, okay. I didn't think about that. Yeah. It may have to have a fall of some sort to to be able to start flying, and it might be that difficult for it to land as well. And a lot of people were like, well, then how did Q, Alice, and Josh get on? Well, they still have the key. Right. And there was still that doorway, so I don't see why that was a weird thing. A big deal, yeah. right. So. I think some people might have forgotten that. Okay. So, of course, Elliot and Margot are still technically on the run, and Alice informs them that Tick is near the Lorian border at the moment, far away from White Spire. And doing why is he things. there? Because the Lorians and the floaters are at war with Fillory. Yeah, Margot, I love it. He's in... Power for like five minutes and he's screwing it all up. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tick seems to think 
he can do all this, which I don't understand why he's thinking that when before they didn't really have an army. Right. So Q, Alice, and Josh reveal their mission to nick the sixth key from Castle Whitespire, but Margot and Elliot have to opt out because they have a war to prevent. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And I'm like, all right, so what are they going to do? Well, these two can still talk their way out of a lot of stuff, so... Yes, they can. (laughs) I think they're going to be way better off than Tick, of course. Absolutely, because they bring the Stone Queen and King Idri on board the Munjack for a little parlay. Uh, But before this, when Josh reveals where they can drop them off to get into Whitespire... Right. (laughs) Margo, I love Margo. Summer Bichelle, I love her. Because she's like, all right, bitches, get ready to tuck and roll, because Munjack doesn't land. I was like, oh my gosh, could they kind of have repelled down or something? But yeah. I think they really did almost just like, okay, tumble off and then come back around. We'll jump on. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but then a lot of questions here then. How did Idri and the Stone Queen get on? Did they go get them through the door then? I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Yeah, that that's that's the question that I would have is how did the... Stone Queen and Idri get on board. Right. They're up in a tree and they jump. I don't know. That'd be weird. (laughs) Well, they are called floaters, so. Yeah, but the mountain's not floating. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting, because everything that happens next. Go ahead. Yeah. Idri reveals that since Elliot is no longer king, their engagement is null and void. That's sad. And, of course, the Stone Queen informs Margot that she's aware that the marriage to her son wasn't consummated. Oh, yeah, that was kind of, that busted her out kind of quick. She's like, I rocked his world. She's like, you or the frog? And I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> she knows what you did. Yeah, busted, Margo. So, of course, they've got to uh, figure out a plan real quick. As desperate as they are, they decide that they need to reveal their mission to bring magic back yeah really really quick needs to happen too because the stone queen's trying to like push off her son to idri and like what the heck you're like selling your kid yeah (laughs) and it's creepy because she's like his marble has now been polished i'm like whoa yeah (laughs) dude this is weird yes interesting how this does happen because you have two very different negotiations happening Oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> Idri and Elliot are having some sexy times in the boudoir. Yeah. You got Margot like, listen, let me just tell you the truth. Like, huh. I kind of thought it would have to be like the other way around for it to work. Right. Because, <laughs> of course, Elliot uses the moment to state his intention of bringing it back, bringing magic back. And wouldn't it be grand if some of the Lorians could access their true magical potential? Yeah, because that's kind of stopped Idri, like, really quick. Like, wait, what? Yeah. Keep talking. Yes. But, of course, war would certainly prevent that from occurring. So we would have be more than willing to have some of our people teach your people how to become musicians. So that, I think, was a big thing for Idri. Like, huh. Yes, it was. Okay. We won't necessarily be banished to this rocky, crappy area. Right. And then Where Margot basically says, if you aren't on my side when, Mar- when magic comes back, 
I will squeeze you like. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're going to pop some pimples, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to start with your little creepy ass son. Yeah. He won't have anything to polish when I'm done oh, with him. Oh, God. <laughs> He's so creepy. Yes. How do you make that, that age of a kid creepy with him being nice, though? I don't know. Yeah. They've done a fun, wonderful job yeah. with this. <laughs> Yeah, so apparently war is on hold then. But do you think somehow Tick's going to be like, see, see, I can do this. Can you? Right. Or are they going to pretty much tell you, no, it wasn't you. I hope they tell him that, actually. Oh, yeah, I think eventually it will come out, that's for sure. Especially when magic comes back. Mm -hmm. I think Tick's in for a world of hurt. Yeah, I think so, too. (laughs) Uh, Poor Tick. All right, let's talk team fairy now so weirdly enough julia visits let's say a worldly now fan shall we she seems super (laughs) super into earth technology yeah and currently it's all about emojis imagine that i love it because julia's like listen we need to free these fairies i know they're different we just need to try to do a couple things. We can help him out. Maybe get a fairy collar so we can study it. And Fen starts sending her weird little pictures. Weird little emoji yeah. messages. And she's like, that's how I feel. It's like, what? what is this? She's like, basically, it's like, was it a gun, a middle finger? She's like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to happen. No. Poor Fen. I, I understand. I do. I'm not a heartless person. No. But Fen, in this moment, I mean, she understands the slavery thing because they took her child they took somebody else's child and used it against her right and so finally julia gets fen to help really reluctantly i was surprised right like i said i think she's had the most growth so far but they go to meet with irene at break bills and talk about this whole thing well we catch a fairy how do you do this your eye can see them give me give me all the details basically right Irene's like, listen, my uncle makes them get a fairy. We'll work on it. It's like, okay, but aren't they like wild? And somehow these are supposed to keep them docile. Docile. Sorry. It's like, but what does it do? And Irene's like, I don't have all that information. But listen, if you do that, if if you can get a fairy, we can get you a necklace and then we'll go from there. But, you know, I need proof. So I need to know that you have a fairy here on Earth somewhere. Okay. All right. Sounds easy enough, right? Or not. Yeah, right. <laughs> Especially like, when I okay. thought Ben was going to blow it. Right. Because she kept trying to, like, say where she the fairies are. Right. And we don't want Irene to know anything about Fillory. No, that they have access to Fillory. Otherwise, it'd be all-out invasion. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think that would happen. And, okay, well, the only place we can get a fairy is in Fillory, so we're going to have to go talk to, to people. Some people yeah. that Fen really doesn't like. Yes. But before we get there, we get to meet Uncle Edwin. Yes. Yes. And where have we seen him before? All over the damn place. But yeah. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica is what popped into my mind right away. And Continue. Uh, no, 12 Monkeys. Yes. Like, he's on every sci-fi show, I swear. It's awesome. Yes. <laughs> Michael Hogan. Yes, he's great. And at least he's sober in this one. Last time I yeah. saw him there, he was all... Like, he might not be any better, but at least he is sober. He's keeping him keeping him sober in the, this sci-fi episode. So 
Yes. Interestingly, he explains, and I say that in air quotes, the workings of the invention. It's like, oh, you just pop on the collar, it's yours for life. And, oh yeah, they, they last a really long time because Dust, he's my fairy. He's been with us for 400 years, haven't you? Oldest known fairy on Earth. It's like, wow. Yeah. Interesting. So you're really keeping them long term. And Dust is just like, yes, I serve your family. I felt very much like I'm about to hear Dobby start talking. Right. And And you wonder how any of them, especially this one, has managed to not be in a million pieces by now. Right. It's not like they're growing back their limbs unless they're not using their oldest ones. I guess. Maybe they've discovered that the older one, the older they get, the less powerful the dust is, shall we say. Oh, interesting. I would think it'd be opposite, but you never know. You would think so. (laughs) But Julia and Fenn end up meeting with Skye, and they're like, all right, you need to tell the fairies what's going on. She's like, they're not going to believe us. Believe me. It's like, no, 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 tell them. She's like, you don't understand. I wouldn't believe me. Right. And I mean, it makes perfect sense because they haven't been able to use their magic ever. Right. So why would any of them believe? She's like, this guy's got a good point there. Yeah. And she's like, there's a lot going on tonight, too. So all the fairies are going to be here. It's like, okay. Yeah, because Irene's having a family dinner. Yeah, which, of course, red flagged me. Yeah. So Julia and Fenn hightail it out over to, oh yes, White Spire. So <laughs> they can talk to the Fairy Queen. And, uh, let me see, she doesn't believe them. Right. And she's like, uh, no, I'm not going to do this crap for Lost Tribe. Why should I believe you? And it was weird because Julia's like, listen, these are your people. You have to, you have to stand up for them. You got to help them. And she's just like, uh, I don't think so. Right. And then Finn actually opens her mouth. Which was interesting because she was saying, right. you get three sentences. Why should I believe you? Right. And when she started with, because I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, she's going to lose it, lose her spleen right. or whatever she threatened to pluck out of her. <laughs> and then she mentions a mother protecting her children. And sure enough, it's enough to sway the fairy queen. I was actually surprised that's what did it. Right. But, yeah, you got to think that, as we find out later on, there is a connection between the Fairy Queen and the fairies that are stuck on Earth. Yeah. And I think that the, the mother protecting her children is kind of what got to the Fairy Queen because her mother might not have uh, actually done that as well as she could have. See, I Let's was just say. thinking it was she didn't want to look weak in front of the other fairies that were there. And you saying that with what came out makes a lot more sense. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, because I was just thinking, oh, she just doesn't want to look like she's not going to protect her people or something. And then right. with what comes out, yeah, your your idea makes a whole lot more sense. <laughs> okay, good. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And when... I didn't know what was going to happen, seriously, because Julia's like, all right, here, you have to put this this collar on. I thought somehow they had fixed it where it wouldn't latch or something. Right. But apparently, if it just touches, it's like, oh, no, you're closing no matter what. Right. Yeah. It, it Apparently, it has a mechanism that senses fairy skin and just locks on. And it, like, tightened up, too. 
Right. And when Julia's like, no, there's a tool to get it off right there. But, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, I don't believe it. Because Fairy Queen didn't trust humans. I didn't trust the McAllisters. Right. At all. And Yeah, that, that simple tool to get yeah. it off. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, a saw for their head. That's what I was yeah. thinking. But even Julia had to perform magic to show the Fairy Queen that she actually still has magic. Because she's like, why should I trust a magician with no magic? She's like, well, pop, look at what I can do. Yeah. <laughs> and right away, she knows that she's God-touched. Right. Which I don't understand how all these know this. Well, th- that's the only way she could have magic. Because when the gods turn the magic off, they're the only ones that have magic except for the magical creatures. So when a human is able to do magic, that's the only way she could have done it is they've been God touched. Oh, okay. And when they go to meet with the McAllisters and everyone's like, oh, wow, she's so docile. How did this happen? Usually they're a little bit more ornery than this. And dust right. comes in. Now, when dust came in, I thought he would like. Blow the whole thing, right. Yeah, I thought right. he'd be able to, like, see who she was and that she was, like, a fairy queen. Now, do you think it's just because he's so far removed he doesn't have a clue? It's possible. I mean, he's been on Earth 400 years, and it was her mother, not her. So maybe it's possible that he didn't catch on that, yes, she was the queen. Okay. Well, he decides to take her away for now. And it's like, oh, your new home. Your new home is in this cage. Great. Yeah. <laughs> well, something doesn't seem real right either. And Julia's like, all right, my spidey sense is tingling here. Yeah. And Fen actually goes to explore because she's surprisingly going to the workshop to look for the tool to take off the necklace. Right. I didn't think she would help in that regard. No, I, it was surprising that she decided to look around as well because Julia basically opens a window into the dining room so she can hear what the McAllisters are planning. Yeah, because that's going over awesomely. Yeah. Yes, because the McAllisters, well, there's a phone call. Oh, that's going to take our whole supply, but we'll figure it out. Okay, this doesn't sound good. Somebody wants their fairy dust, and they're about to grind everybody up is what I'm hearing. Right, as soon as possible. I was... So talk about... A massive drug operation. Right. They've got one, and it's been going on for 400 years. Which was interesting because they kind of slipped, was it Fen that said something about mushrooms? Right. And Irene kind of perked up, but she's like, what do you mean? She's like, and, you know, Julia played it off. But I think we talked before that if these fairies have kind of given birth or something, wouldn't she know that it was mushrooms? unless? It depends on where they are as to how they reproduce. Right. And apparently this lost tribe wasn't very small to be able to keep the McAllisters in business for 400 years. Yeah, but it's making me wonder at this point, there was only, what, a dozen or so? Yeah, they were down to about a dozen. So maybe they've never appropriated at all. Right. I don't think so. I wouldn't want to either. No. Knowing that your child would grow up in that? No, not at all. Not happening. Interesting, though, when the Fairy Queen does finally get down to the cells, you know, everybody's kind of cowering, and except Skye, who bows her head, and the Fairy Queen's like, never bow your head. It's like, "Uh uh-oh, she's going to go crazy right now. 
<laughs> you were kind of expecting her to. <laughs> and she launches into this whole, actually pretty inspirational monologue about how right. they're really powerful and we're all going to get out of here and we're going to string up these slavers by their entrails. It's like, ooh, you had me till that point. Right. <laughs> but I don't know if it's enough to get them where they need to be. Right. But suddenly we have a whole different perspective happen because we launch over to Fen, who's hiding under a table with a cloth, at least. Right. And we see Dust bring in another fairy and sits him in a chair. He's like, oh, don't worry. So only only pinch for a minute to take off the collar. Oh, great. So this was messed up because you're giving yeah. this, this fairy hope. Right. And yeah, the collar comes off along with the dude's head. Right. And I'm really surprised Fen didn't kind of yelp or anything. Oh, yeah. She, she it was so close. And, but she held it in. Because yeah. she looked big, horrified. Big credit. Yeah. I, I would too. So apparently, yeah, we're going to dust these guys up now. Yeah. And I don't understand why Edwin left at this point. Was it just dinner? He's like, all right, go ahead. You take care of the rest of this. Right. Yeah. He needed to get up to the dinner. So Dust has been doing this to his own people for who knows how long. Right. Well, thankfully Edwin left because then Fen comes out and uh, he ends up taking, she ends up taking Dust, I'm sorry, by knife point. And it's like, all right, we're, we're going to go talk to these other fairies. You can tell them what the hell you just did. Yeah. <laughs> and as that's happening, Julia somehow makes it down there because she sees Fen like, whoa, whoa, what's up? Crap, she's going to blow the whole thing. But that's not what's happening. She makes them, like, all know what's actually happening. And by she, I'm sorry, I right. Fen. I kind of jumped ahead. I'm getting excited and not talking in, in the straight line here. <laughs> so now Julia, Fen, all the fairies and the fairy queen are finding out from dust exactly what happened. And the fairy queen even throws in some information that we weren't expecting. Right. So... All of this is happening that they were left here and we find out that the fairy queen's mother had made a deal and thanked dust for a sacrifice. But the only way to save her people from these certain humans. Right. Well, not even just humans. Mass extinction. It was the magicians, certain magicians. Yeah, it was to get them somewhere safe, but they had to leave some there. Right. And the whole thing with the collars are it's a fairy deal. It's like. Oh, crap. Right. So it kind of made me wonder, too, if somehow for a while they were shipping some fairies back to the McAllisters, too. That is a possibility. But I think the McAllisters would have to have explained why they needed more. Okay. Yes, because they had to leave every other fairy alone. But apparently that message didn't get to Irene, did it? No. And, well... We have to keep this deal because without keeping our deals, we have nothing. Right. So that doesn't sound good to me. No. But, of course, <laughs> a deal can be changed. Yeah. We've seen that happen. <laughs> and it's like, no, you don't understand. We can't break the deal. And then Edward bursts in, and then we have all sorts of mayhem happening. Yeah. And he knocked Julia and Fen, like, completely knocked them out because they flew across the room. Right. Into a wall. Yeah. And the fairy queen at this point is like, all right, you know what? He is just slicing and dicing our people. We need to do something. And I was surprised right. because with her collar, I thought she was basically 
I don't know, not going to be able to do anything. And I'm like, how is she going to help? Right. Yeah. How is she going to be able to do magic? Because we've seen that when Sky tried to do magic, it started to kill her. But she cut her hand, put a symbol on the wall, and then like slammed her hand into it. And you see all the collars fall. I'm like, okay, did she break the deal? And now left Julia and Fen. It's like, screw you, we're gone. Because that's what I thought <laughs> happened. Because you see all the collars hit the ground. Right. And the fairies are gone. Except, and, and this was, there was questions if it was actually like Julia able to see the fairies or if it was supposed to be like point of view so that we can see what was happening. Right. Because next thing we know, Edwin's being like beaten and like shivved. <laughs> yeah. They take it out on him. Yeah, they're not docile anymore. No. Next thing we know, well, all the fairies make their way to the dining room where nobody can see them. Right. And that's why, again, I I don't know if it was because this particular deal broke and that was the deal with the McAllisters. Right. And Julia still had her deal with the queen, so maybe that's why she can see her. Because we never seen anybody else like to look and see what's going on. Right. But we had a whole red wedding happen. Yeah. <laughs> there was something else. Yeah. You see knives and blood everywhere, and you see, like, bloody footprints and handprints. It's like, holy shit, what's happening? And all that's happening, and somehow Irene gets away. She was hiding underneath the table, and she gets away because she used, like, a spell to block whatever was coming at her. But I'm wondering what this means for the next episode or two with Irene then. Right. Like, this should be really interesting. Yes, it should. But we have finally, back at Break Bills, the Fairy Queen talking to Julia. And honestly, seeming nice, which makes me worried. Right. And she's like, thank you for helping me release the fairies. And I know what you're doing. I, I know that you were looking for the magic key to turn magic back on, but I can't give you the last one. It's in the fairy realm, but it's what sustains us. But your ass is trying to come to the regular fillery realm, so I don't feel bad for you at this point. <laughs> because you have been a total craphead. Right. But she's saying how Julia was actually doing this out of the kindness of her heart and didn't have ulterior, uh, I can't say that word, ulterior, ulterior motives. <laughs> yeah. Which is like, Which I think speaks volumes to the fairy queen. Right. Which makes me wonder if somehow something's going to work out. I don't know. But... Yeah, I still think Julia will be able to broker a deal one way or the other. Mm -hmm. But she does say, I won't tell anybody that you broke a deal. Right. Which is like, she's holding something over her, kind of. It's possible. I mean, I don't think that's what Julia is intending. Right, yes. The old Julia probably would use that as a trump card to get what she wants. Right. New Julia, not so much, I don't think. Right. Now, she could surprise us. We'll find out. Yes. But I don't understand, because I don't know if we can't get that key, what might happen. But I don't know, since we're kind of up in the air. Yeah. Let's talk about the last group, though, who was looking <laughs> for a key. Good old Team Quest. And we see Alice just ripping into Quentin big time. They're in... The frickin' castle, and I love it, because Josh is with him, and Josh is like, can you shut up, inside voice? <laughs> Use your Earth library voice here, people. Really? <laughs> of course, Quentin wants to get the information out of Alice regarding 
why she seems to be working with the library. Did she, though? I felt like it was very invasive. Oh, very evasive. Yeah, she doesn't give out any straight answers. And, of course, Julia interrupts the uh, quarrel, which allows Alice to rifle through the book for clues. Yet Q and Julia are the ones that figure out that the sixth key is in the throne room at Castle Whitespire. Right. Now, of course, that's a whole nother thing because Elliot and Margot are not in charge anymore. No. So Julia decides to sit this one out because she is dealing with the fairy issue. So, of course, Quentin, Alice, and Josh head on to Whitespire after dark. Fortunately, because they are off in battle, the castle's left pretty much unattended. Good. Not a wise move, Tick. No. So, of course, Alice divulges that they must reflect the moonlight from the current twin moons in the sky on three keystones in order to reveal the location of the sixth key. So, of course, they're all gathering up stuff that they can use to reflect the light and get it all set up. And once again, Q asks Alice if she's working with the library, and Alice admits that, yes, she is in cahoots with them. About time. Yeah, but again, the way she says it, it's like... Right. And, oh, they only want to help. The Order wants magic back just as bad as magicians Mm. do. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Of course, Q is incredulous, especially given what happened to Harriet and Victoria, which Josh was unaware of and so of course Hugh and alice have to bear the bad news about josh's ex-lover victoria oh yeah because josh was in that pocket realm he didn't know what happened right way to catch him up guys before it's just a big gut punch for him yes of course after hearing this fortunately josh remembered where he hid things while he was acting king (laughs) And finds his stash and lights up. Yeah. He's like, you guys are loud. You just, you know, hit me in the feels. I need, I need this. Yeah. And then we see a light bulb go on in Josh's head while Alice and Q continue to bicker. And he blurts out he knows where the sixth key is. Which is interesting that, like, they're reading everything over and over. Q thinks he has the information. Because it had to be like a certain time of year or whatnot. Right. And Josh is the one that's like, wait a minute. I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Are you going to clue the rest of us in? No. <laughs> because we not. don't get anything else. That's how it ended. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> I'm like, I wanted to bang my head on the table. Right. I'm like, just say it. Yeah. The only thing we, we really got was the freedom of the earth fairies in Irene's place. Yeah. They still got to hit the rest of the McAllisters, even though they aren't alive. They're fairy. Well, I, it depends on whether or not they brought all their fairies with them. I, they made it sound like they did. Right. So, yeah, they may have all the Earth fairies released now. So something did get accomplished in the episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It, it was It was a little frustrating because we only got the one group that kind of succeeded. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically, Margot and Elliot did. So there's no war right now. They haven't been caught, yeah. <laughs> and there's no war right now, hopefully. Well, yeah. Hopefully. Right. Now, I guess that depends on whether or not they 
told them that they've got to cease and desist now or when we get magic back, then it stops. Oh, okay. Well, I... They may want to keep Tick busy out on the in the borders of Fillory so they can make their uh, reclaim of Whitespire. Ooh, interesting. Just don't know. I didn't think about that. Yeah, keep yeah, tick, I mean, tick out there, away from everything. Yeah. Huh. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Well, what do you guys think about that? Steve's come, come up with some pretty good ones this episode, so why don't you sh- shoot us an email at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. Let us know what you think. you think anything's a little different? What, how would you play it out? Where do you think the key is? Do you know? Because I don't have a clue. Josh didn't. It's in the bathtub. <laughs> right. Probably. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, anyway, so let us know what you guys think, and don't forget, of course, to tweet along with us at fit. It's at blah, 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 at FGZ Pod. I'm having a horrible time with this. <laughs> or just go over to FangirlZone.com and check it out on our contact links because it makes it so much easier. Because me and my tongue tiedness, I'm not even <laughs> drinking. This is like just me not being able to remember anything. But while you're at it, and I'll. My insanity is hopefully not rubbing off on you. Why don't you go to iTunes and rate and review us, too? And any other podcatcher you're finding us on, because you're finding us everywhere. Yay, us. But yay you, because you're listening to us, and that makes me happy that you're actually listening. Yes. And, of course, good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. And tell your friends, I finally got Jessica into it. Yay! Maybe, yes, all maybe right. my next ep- next season, not even next episode, because she's just starting. Yeah. <laughs> next season, we might have her guest. But also, if you want to guest with us, the season finale is coming up. If you want to come That's on right. and talk with us, we would love to talk to you. Send us an email. And if you do send us an email, I will send you something out of our prize bin, because I have all sorts of stuff to send out. So, that all being said, for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirless. And I'm Steve. I was stoked to go on this quest and hang with you guys, but my ex is dead and you two are setting my ball hairs on end. And until next time.